Hey everyone, this is Natai Stalker. And this is Hans Havlick. We're going to be reading from Coming Back, The Science of Reincarnation, which is a book written by A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. And we will be doing a reading and then a discussion. Both Hans and I grew up learning about this Vedic knowledge that A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada brought with him from India, which are ancient teachings uh, based around the science of self-realization. And uh, we just really think that this is something that people might be interested in and could bring some value to people. So we would like to give a little bit of like a methodical introduction to the works of Srila Prabhupada and our own journey as we attempt to learn and read and understand for ourselves. We figured we would share that with you. Preface, the quest for immortality. If you want to gain real control over your destiny, you must understand reincarnation and how it works. It's that simple. <clears throat> no one wants to die. Most of us would like to live forever in full vigor without wrinkles, gray hair, or arthritis. This is natural because the first and most basic principle of life is to enjoy. If we could only enjoy life forever. Man's eternal quest for immortality is so fundamental that we find it nearly impossible to conceive of dying. Pulitzer Prize winner William Saroyan, author of The Human Comedy, echoed the views of most people when, in the days just prior to his death, he announced to the media, Everybody has got to die, but I have always believed an exception would be made in my case. Now what? Most of us seldom, if ever, think about death or what happens afterwards. Some say that death is the end of everything. Some believe in heaven and hell Still others hold that this life is only one of many we have lived and will live in the future. And more than one-third of the world's population, over 2.5 billion people, accept reincarnation as an irrevocable fact of life. Reincarnation is not a belief system or a psychological device for escaping the grim finality of death, but a precise science that explains our past and future lives. Many books have been written on the subject, usually based on hypnotic regression, near-death experiences, accounts of out-of-body experiences, or deja vu. But most reincarnation literature is poorly informed, highly speculative, superficial, and inconclusive. Some books purport to document cases of people who, under hypnosis, have been regressed to previous lifetimes. They describe in detail houses they lived in, streets they walked on, parks they frequented as children, and the names of their former parents, friends, and relatives. All this makes for interesting reading, in which, and while such books have certainly stimulated the ever-widening public interest and belief in reincarnation, careful investigations have revealed that many of these so-called past-life regression cases are rife with guesswork, inaccuracies, and even fraud. But most importantly, none of these popular works explain the fundamental facts about reincarnation, like the simple process by which the soul perpetually transmigrates from one material body to another. In the rare instances when basic principles are discussed, authors generally present their own theories about how and in which particular cases reincarnation occurs, as if some special or gifted living beings reincarnate and others do not. This type of presentation does not deal with the science of reincarnation, <clears throat> but introduces instead a confusing array of fabrications and contradictions, leaving the reader with scores of unanswered questions. For example, does one reincarnate 
instantaneously or slowly over a long period of time? Can other living beings like animals reincarnate into human bodies? Can man appear as an animal? And if so, how and why? Do we reincarnate forever or does it end somewhere? Can the soul suffer eternally in hell or enjoy forever in heaven? Can we control our future incarnations? How? Can we be reborn on other planets or in other universes? Do good and evil actions play a role in determining our next body? What is the relationship between karma and reincarnation? The book Coming Back fully answers these questions because it scientifically explains the true nature of reincarnation. Finally, this book provides the reader with practical instructions on how to come to grips with and rise above the mysterious and generally misunderstood phenomena of reincarnation, a reality that plays a vital role in shaping man's destiny. Introduction. The Mystery of Consciousness. Death, man's most mysterious, relentless, and inevitable adversary. Does death mean the end of life, or does it merely open the door to another life, another dimension, or another world? If man's consciousness survives the death experience, then what determines its transition to new realities? In order to gain a clear understanding of these mysteries, man has traditionally turned to enlightened philosophers, accepting their teachings as representative of a higher truth. Some criticize this method of acquiring knowledge from a higher authority, no matter how carefully the seeker may analyze it. Social philosopher E.F. Shoemaker author of Small is Beautiful, notes that in our modern society, when people are out of touch with nature and traditional wisdom, they consider it fashionable to ridicule and only believe in what they see and touch and can measure. Or as the saying goes, seeing is believing. But when man endeavors to understand something beyond the scope of the material senses, beyond instruments of measurement and the faculty of mental speculation, then there is no alternative but to approach a higher source of knowledge. No scientist has successfully explained through laboratory investigations the mystery of consciousness or its destination after the destruction of the body. Research in this field has produced many divergent theories, but their limitations must be recognized. The systematic principle of reincarnation, on the other hand, comprehensively explains the subtle laws governing our past, present, and future lives. If we are to understand reincarnation at all, we must acknowledge the fundamental concept of consciousness as an energy distinct from and superior to the matter composing the physical body. This principle is supported by examination of the unique thinking, feeling, and willing capacities of the human being. Can DNA strands or other genetic components possibly induce the feelings of love and respect one person has for another? What atom or molecule <clears throat> is responsible for the subtle artistic nuance in Shakespeare's Hamlet or Bach's Mass in B minor? Man and his infinite capabilities cannot be explained by mere atoms and molecules. Einstein, the father of modern physics, admitted that consciousness could not be adequately described in terms of physical phenomena. I believe, oh, quote, I believe that the present fashion of applying the axioms of science to human life is not only entirely a mistake, but also has something reprehensible in it, end quote. The great scientist Einstein once said. Indeed, <clears throat> 
Scientists have failed to explain consciousness by means of the physical laws that govern everything else within their purview. Frustrated by this failing, Albert Zent Georgi, a Nobel laureate in physiology and medicine, once lamented, quote, In my search for the secret of life, I ended up with atoms and electrons, which have no life at all. Somewhere along the line, life has run out through my fingers, so in my old age I am now retracing my steps. End quote. Accepting the notion that consciousness arises from molecular interactions requires an enormous leap of faith, much greater than that required for a metaphysical explanation. As Thomas Huxley, <clears throat> a leading biologist of his day and a contemporary of Charles Darwin said, it seems to me pretty plain that there is a third thing in the universe, to wit, consciousness, which I cannot see, which I cannot see to be matter or force or any conceivable modification of either, end quote. Further recognition of the unique properties of consciousness was given by Nobel laureate in physics, Niels Bohr, who remarked, quote, we can admittedly find nothing in physics or chemistry that has even a remote bearing on consciousness. Yet all of us know there is such a thing as consciousness simply because we have it ourselves. Hence, consciousness must be part of nature or more generally of reality which means that quite apart from the laws of physics and chemistry as laid down in quantum theory, we must also consider laws of quite a different kind, end quote. Such laws might well include the laws of reincarnation, which govern the passage of consciousness from one physical body into another. To begin understanding these laws, we may yet note that reincarnation is not an alien antipodal event, but one that occurs with regularity in our own bodies during this very lifetime. In the human brain, Professor John Pfeiffer notes, quote, your body does not contain a single one of the molecules that it contained seven years ago, end quote. Every seven years, one's old body is completely rejuvenated. The self, however, our real identity remains unchanged. Our bodies grow from infancy to youth, to middle age and then to old age, yet the person within the body, the I, always remains the same. Reincarnation based on the principle of a conscious self, independent of its physical body, is part of a higher order system governing the living being's transmigration from one material form to another. Since reincarnation deals with our most essential selves, it is a subject of the utmost relevance to everyone. Coming back explains the fundamentals of reincarnation presented in the timeless Vedic text Bhagavad Gita. The Gita, thousands of years older than the Dead Sea Scrolls, provides the most complete explanation of reincarnation available anywhere. It has been studied for millennia by many of the world's greatest thinkers, and since spiritual knowledge is eternally true and does not change with each new scientific theory, it is still relevant today. Harvard biophysicist D.P. Dupey writes, quote, We may lead ourselves down a blind alley by adhering dogmatically to the assumption that life can be explained entirely by what we know of the laws of nature. By remaining open to the ideas embodied in the Vedic traditions of India, modern scientists can see their own disciplines from a new perspective and further the aim of all scientific endeavor, the search for truth, end quote. In this age of global uncertainty, it is imperative that we understand the real origin of our conscious selves, 
how we find ourselves in different bodies and conditions of life, and what our destination will be at the time of death. This essential information is comprehensively explained in Coming Back. Chapter 1 shows how reincarnation has profoundly influenced many of the world's greatest philosophers, writers, and artists from Socrates to Salinger. Next, the process of reincarnation as expounded in the Bhagavad Gita, the oldest and most respected source book on the subject of the transmigration of the soul, is presented. Chapter 2, a lively dialogue between His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, and noted religious psychologist Carl Fried Graf von Durkheim, that's a mouthful, clearly shows how the material body and the anti-material particle, the spirit soul, can never be the same. In chapter 3, a famous heart surgeon urges systematic research into the soul, and Srila Prabhupada cites the Vedic version thousands of years older and strikingly more informative than modern medical science. Three fascinating narratives from the Vedic text Srimad Bhagavatam <clears throat> constitute chapter 4. These accounts stand as classic examples of how the soul transmigrates through different types of bodies under the control of the precise laws of nature and karma. In chapter 5, excerpts from the writings of Srila Prabhupada clearly demonstrate that the principles of reincarnation can be easily understood in terms of ordinary events and common observations that regularly occur in our daily lives. The next chapter describes how reincarnation embodies a universal and infallible system of justice wherein the soul is never banished to eternal damnation but is constitutionally endowed with a permanent opportunity to escape the perpetual cycle of birth and death. Common misconceptions and chic notions about reincarnation form the subject of chapter 7 and the concluding chapter, Don't Come Back, presents the process through which the soul can transcend reincarnation and enter realms in which it is finally freed from the prison of the material body. Having once achieved this status, the soul never again returns to this endlessly mutable world of birth, disease, old age, and death. Um, thank you for sticking with us if you did, uh, through the reading. Um, I know this may not be something for everybody, um, but Nitai and I, um, we just felt that we would like to share this, uh, experience that we ourselves are trying to go through. Um, we both grew up, uh, you know, in the uh, Hare Krishna movement and we now as adults are trying to go back and <clears throat> take a more closer look at the philosophy and the fundamentals of you know what we grew up with yeah so, how we were raised what we were you know told growing yeah. up and what we believe and you know like you know with a certain point at your in your life I think you start to take a look at what it is that you're living your life by and what you're what you truly believe mm -hmm. and who you are as a person and all of that and I and so you know then you have to start taking a look at what you've always been told and see you know if it feels like it holds up for yeah. you and so we're starting yeah. to read more for ourselves and kind of get into that and this book is a great place to start not just for people who maybe aren't as familiar like we are where we grew up with it and just kind of is always in the back of our minds mm -hmm. but 
um, also for ourselves to really get into it and and get something a little more deep out of it and get a better a deeper understanding because it's something that it gives us something to kind of understand and believe like what the point of existence is which you know and the more i go through life i run into people that really are trying to find something like that for themselves yeah and i think this is something that as i'm studying it feels even more full than it even yes. did as a kid and so i figured you know there may be people that like it and there may be people that don't and that's okay too that's but okay. We're everyone's just, we're just sharing these books. To their opinion um, we're separating out the reading and the discussion in very defined, uh, you know, in a very defined manner because we definitely don't want our thoughts and conjecture to some extent, which we'll try to keep out of it. But we're going to be talking about our life and what we feel from reading mm -hmm. it, and I don't want that to get confused with what is actually in the book, which is actually coming from someone who is way more well learned and well read on oh, yeah. all of this than we probably ever will be. So oh, yeah. I just want to make sure that it's very clear that this is just our thoughts on the matter. But um. Yeah, I think the science of reincarnation and what is this is what this is called, right? Yeah. Coming back. I mean, just off the top, he's already quoting people that you know are established and respected In Western and accepted scientists. Science um, and, yeah, yeah, Western European, like all of that. Um, and the one German guy's name that I can't pronounce <clears throat> that you, you were trying <laughs> yeah. to read. Um, and and just like for people that are well studied in this type of physics and things like that they can see, oh, there's some other people that have said something yeah. that, at least to some extent, maybe doesn't line up with everything, but it has some lead into this. Yeah. Um, it gives you some reason to want It shows an overlapping of beliefs yes. between yes. Western, you know, quote, you know, like the, especially post-Renaissance, you know, that whole, the idea of the European uh, philosophy and all this. But but when you read, I've, I've read several of these, you know, you know, compilations of works from you know different western thinkers and it is amazing to me how how how, how many of their ideas overlap with uh hindu or vedic i guess right. vedic um teachings in some way but they they also at the same time fall so short of answering the questions that people that really a lot want. of us have for ourselves and yeah. i think that's one of the reasons why like so for me um the thing that really attracted me as an adult to uh, to Srila Prabhupada's books was, you know, I've <clears throat> been in the military for 10 years. I've worked in healthcare for 14. Um, I know I've mentioned this before in other, you know, places. But that just, I, I like to bring that up because it shows what, like, I mean, the military like... has made, it really instills, like, yeah. regimented, you know, you... You, you do things a certain way and, and there's a routine and a whatever and then and then in the healthcare you know the medical field I, I love science I you know I, I believe that science and religion or spirituality can both coexist mm -hmm. I don't see why one has to be there and one can't the other can't be there that's just you're limiting yourself to a vast fund of knowledge but um, the thing that attracted attracts me to Prabhupada is he presents spiritual teachings in a way that is so deep, but also so logical. And simple. And, and simple, yet complex at the same time. It's hard yeah. to really put into words, but when you read it, it just resonates. His, he, yes. he cuts right through he all the BS. He breaks it down. And he doesn't get caught up in the weird details that some people want to yeah. argue about. And, and he that. always uses logic. And so yeah. when you're reading it, it's hard. It, it's not this... It's not based in blind faith. Yeah. It's faith. Yes, of course he has faith. But also he has knowledge. 
There's uh, a lot of reasoning and logic. Uh, so much. I mean, it's it's insane. It, you know, you read you know you read someone like Plato or Aristotle, and they were all about the logic and whatever. Mm-hmm. Here he is using logic yeah. to make you question in this book in particular reincarnation. Yep. Which, if you look at cultures all around the world, you know, it really is only a more recent phenomenon that people don't believe in reincarnation. Yeah. Um. I mean. You know, at the end of the day. <clears throat> The only person who knows or who remembers what happens when you die or knows what happens is someone who's died. Yeah. yeah. The idea here is Prabhupada is saying we've all died. Or, yeah. You know, our material bodies have all died at some point, but we ourselves, our actual identity doesn't die. And that is really, it's an important concept to kind of establish moving forward because yeah. all of the Vedic philosophy is based on the fact that we are not this material body we are a spiritual entity we are something more than the body and because of that when the body dies the spiritual entity that we are is left over so what happens yeah and so that's where you know the i I guess that's kind of like one of the big cornerstones of yeah, it, it needs to be at least for the topic of this discussion accepted that there is some that that, that reincarnation is a thing. Even if you're not sure yeah. you believe it, like in not order that to you like, have to see believe where we're it, coming but from, just accept that that's where right. we're coming from. Right. We're assuming. Right. Let's assume for the purposes of this discussion, reincar- we are we are assuming. a soul. We are not a body. Yes. We're not you know. And 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 the idea of this book is that he tries to do just that. Yes. Which, if you, if you if you approach it open minded. You know, and you, especially if you are, you know, tend to be swayed by logical arguments, he makes some very excellent points. And even if it doesn't, you know, we're not trying to convert anybody. This doesn't mean that you need to to stop going to church or do something different or like whatever, if you worship at the mosque or wherever you go, this is not about trying to convert anyone. This is more just about, I mean, for one thing growing up, I feel like so many times people would go, oh, you're a Hindu. No, no, I'm not. And actually, there is a, like, we, I sometimes I will tell people, it is a little bit similar to Hinduism, just so they understand what part of the world it comes from. But yeah. honestly, there are a lot of big differences. When you get down to the nitty-gritty, that, you know, people think that it's the same thing as Hinduism, I can understand a little bit more of like, well, no. Because well, the thing is, Hinduism is much... isn't really, it's not really an established religion. No. It's Hinduism a whole lot of more, different it, beliefs it, it, conglomerated exactly. together and treated exactly. as if they're all one. Exactly. Um, and I think that they, there's a lot of agreement, actually, between, like, what am I understanding when I talk to people who... Are, are devout Christians or devout of another religion, when you start talking, it's like we believe in a lot of the same things, oh, yeah, almost absolutely. to the extent of almost all the same things, yeah. especially if you take just the word and don't conject yes. too much. Into yeah, it if you put don't put in your own, in. you know, yeah, your own um, whatever. Well, not that there's anything wrong with that, but if you approach it... No, but the core is in a lot of agreement, yeah. basically is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, then the yeah, other thing sure. is that I want sure. that I want to say too is that the other part of this is that we are also modern individuals Growing up, you know, we're younger people growing up with a lot of technology, and we are living in the modern world. And so this is also sort of our attempt to not only understand, but integrate it within our modern lifestyle. You have a family, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, you know, I work in the real world, you work, we're not like meditating on a mountaintop somewhere and telling you, just meditate for seven hours a day and you'll be fine, because we understand life at this point does move pretty yeah. fast. There's a lot of things that come into it, so this is not just an exploration of the reading but then the discussion is going to be an exploration of 
our attempt to really apply this apply and how does it apply? How is it working? Where are our struggles yeah. going to be found? And so, you know, this, obviously, we read the preface and the introduction, so we're really just kind of giving you a preface and introduction into what we'll be discussing as we read and where we're coming from with it. And, you know, that way you know whether or not you're interested to continue hearing. Because yeah. if, you, if you're like, well, it doesn't interest me, then fantastic. We're glad we let you know right off the bat what we'd be doing mm -hmm. um, so that we're not wasting your time. And uh, if you are at any point, you know, interested, we do have an email set up, which I'll put in the description of every podcast episode. So you can email us. Um, if you have any concerns or interest for Questions things for us to cover, that, yeah. if you heard something about a book that you would like to be discussed, um, or if you have a concern about a book we're discussing that you feel maybe is being, you know, whatever. Like, it, we're open to whatever you have feedback in any way, shape, or form that you may want to send us. Um, but, yeah, mm -hmm. I th I, we're really just trying to, how do we implement this into our modern, like, normal individual lives? You know, we're not living in some place where we're, just like wrapped up in a cloak and, and just meditating, sitting cross-legged, you know, this is like, yes, sometimes that gets associated with it. And there is some amount of, you know, people are starting to lean towards more yoga, which comes of from course, the same which is, Yoga's basics comes from these teachings. Yeah, no, it does. And everyone they, is starting they, to feel that this is helpful for yeah, me. This is helping my body, <clears throat> mind, and soul to kind of get aligned. And so there's a lot of these things that people are taking just a little piece of this and they don't even realize it's where it's coming from. Exactly. And so it's a great time to start saying where, what else, what are the other aspects of this exactly. and see if you're interested or not. So the... So the idea, really, um, in the Bhagavad Gita, which is, I guess you could sort of like you could compare it. It's the Bible of yeah. the Vedic. It's sort teachings. of it's like the it's like the seed. The, There's a lot of other books essence, like this yeah. that kind of go into very vivid detail about one or two aspects, but like this, that book in and of itself carries everything you need to know. Yes. Every aspect is addressed in that book, and then there are other books that are more introductory, they expound more upon expounded, yeah, different things. Yeah. So the Bhagavad Gita. You know, in there, it is presented, you know, it, uh, the science of, you know, yoga is one of the things that is um, is talked about in there, which we can get into that, you know, later in another episode. Um, but, you know, there, there's different types of yoga. Um, I think in America, you know, people, we're used to just seeing yoga done for, you know, physical exercise, but there's many different schools and... and, and um, kind of like martial arts. There's yeah, different it's like, aspects exactly different like martial arts. Study. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the yogas are more meant for the health of your physical body, whereas others are more meant for, you know, there, there's different processes and paths. Some are more philosophical. And then the ultimate, or, you know, what the Bhagavad Gita states is the ultimate um, yoga of all is bhakti yoga, which is you know, bhakti is, you know, love. So the art of yoga, which pertains to serving God with love, you know, that is what bhakti yoga is. So all of the different other yoga processes are ultimately meant to cultivate you towards bhakti yoga, which is, you know, the, I guess what the, what the Bhagavad Gita states is the goal of human life or, or life in general, just to attain the, that stage. Uh, so anyway, moving forward, we will definitely try to keep the discussions very, you know, try to keep it on point to the the content, chat, the, that, the, we the content that we just read. This was kind of more of a, yeah, we just wanted to kind of create a, a um, foundation, a foundation of like what we want, what our goal is of doing this, why we want to do it. 
and you know who we are, where we're coming from, and, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. and <clears throat> ultimately, we just want to share. We just want to share this with people. Um, you know, if no one listens to it, whatever. If other people listen to it, cool. Um, yeah. We're more really doing it for our, ourselves, and we figured if we're doing it, let's do it together. You know, it's like going to the gym. Yeah, I'm recording it. Sometimes you can go back if, and listen to yourself. People, yeah, um, or, or if people want to listen and then, you know, create a, a healthy discussion. Um, Absolutely, because that's the other thing. Sometimes through discussion you understand more because everyone yeah. has their own perspectives, aspects they understand maybe better than another person. So if you're if you are feeling like there's something maybe we missed that you feel is really enlightening for you from the reading, then absolutely please let us know. Um, and we can even do a section where if you're like kind of mentioning something that maybe we glossed over that you felt was powerful for you from the reading, mm-hmm. we can do a section in each episode where we kind of go back on last week's discussion yeah. and, and, you know, first of all, give you a shout out for leaving us a comment and with your username and everything and say what you had to say about it. Um, and then also that can help us have some more discussion, which if it was helpful for you, it may be helpful for others. So yes. a good way for us to just kind of all be discussing together as opposed to it just being me and him talking. So please feel free to add in and, and explain where you're coming from and how you feel about things that we're talking about and whatever you notice that maybe we miss or maybe didn't expound upon enough for what mm-hmm. you felt should have been done. Oh, okay. Um, one thing I forgot to say earlier, I got, oh God, got sidetracked. Um, when I was talking about the my career in healthcare, <clears throat> the anyway and, and the attraction to um, you know back to this knowledge that we grew up with was that I, you know I I like things explained to me in a rational, uh, logical, you know method you know yeah. scientific process you know that kind of like I like that I can relate to things like that. If you explain something to me that maybe I don't agree with or never thought about, and you can break it down logically and make it make sense to me, then it makes sense. And I'm, I'm like, oh, I want to learn more about that. And, you know, uh, that's kind of why I felt intrigued to share that. Because yeah. the way he presents this knowledge is done in that way. It's not like... <clears throat> it doesn't feel like blind blind yeah. faith it's there's faith but it has a basis to it and it just it's like really inspiring yeah i mean and i think it also the fact that you work in healthcare keeps you very grounded and to some extent when you share stories with me it helps me remind me too because i mean you see people and deal with people and discuss with people that don't have long in their bodies anymore yeah. left and they know it and you know it and you guys are having discussions about their life and you're seeing the regrets and hearing their questions and you yeah. know at the end of life you can't distract yourself anymore with Netflix nope. and your Instagram feed nope. and TikTok videos we all do it I yeah. mean, I'd be on it's there a too but at the end of the day if you're not happy within yourself or haven't found and you're not feeling sure about you know what what your legacy is or what whatever it is that's been important to you if it hasn't been you know, if you never realized it for yourself and started acting on it, you know, you do maybe feel that at the end of your life and you're like, man, like, and, and it's important for us to try to remind ourselves of that without being morose or depressing, you know, earlier in our life so that maybe we can start to make decisions that our older selves will be less regretful of, or, you know, whatever. And I mean, we all are going to have regrets as part of life, but I do think when you share those stories with me, it makes me think about what it is I'm doing, you know, yeah. And, and am I going after those things for myself? Am I um, truly figuring things out for myself? Or am I am I kind of evading that topic or kind of 
you know, yeah. hiding, hiding things. Lying to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Really. Lying to yourself, whatever. Which we all do, but I think it's a good practice, and this is a great way to do it, to read other people's words that are much more learned and well-studied in this type of culture, and just see if we can get somewhere together, and I think the, like you said, bhakti, like, which bhakti is a Sanskrit word for love, word for love, devotion, um, devotion love in like the devotional context, yeah. um, but yeah, I think that, no, it was another book, but since we're doing a preface introduction uh, discussion, I don't have to be quite as on topic, I do want to just mention briefly that I was reading another book, also by uh, Prabhupada, but it was something he said about how, you know, people, when you talk about service or love or like, especially like, oh, like serving God or whatever that is. And then you kind of start to think about those people that give up everything materially mm -hmm. and they seem like, well, I don't want to do that. Like I want my TV, I want my things. And, but then when you also break it down even further, it was mentioned that people like maybe sometimes balk at that, but then also you see people when they're alone, they get cats and dogs to serve. Yeah, they yeah, we yeah, have yeah. a natural tendency. We so may not want to serve everyone per se, yeah. but you will find like a significant other, yep. a an animal, whatever. That all of a sudden you're doing, you're taking for a walk, you're feeding it, you're going to the vet, you're doing these things. You're providing a service because we do want to yeah. shower something with devotion. It's or natural. Love. It's, our it's our natural, natural inborn place. tendency. He yeah. calls it. And even and actually to take it even one step further, even if you don't get a cat or a dog. And you're living by yourself. Mm -hmm. Who who are you serving? You're serving yourself. Yes. There's so some ultimately, of at the end of the day, there is always service. Yeah. And now the next the next question would be, okay, we we have to serve. We yeah. either serve ourselves or we serve others. Yeah. What makes you happier? Does serving others make you happy, or does yeah. serving yourself make you happy? And I think that's really like a question everyone needs to, to answer. Yeah. Truthfully. For themselves. For themselves, because. I think there's a I little mean, bit of both to, when you look at it from a certain perspective that you do have to serve yourself enough that you are able to serve others. Of course. But but I mean that's that's maybe more than we need to get into too crazy yeah. of a discussion right now. But I think there's definitely room for a little bit of both. But like you of said, course. honesty there, with yourself. There's service. I mean, we yeah, rendering service is very you know, it's a fundamental part of who we are. Is not even not even just humans, but animals do it too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you, the monkeys picking fleas off of the backs of their you know. Their loved ones. I mean, yeah. The mother bird it, brings back food for the baby bird. For, we all find someone to serve in yeah. some way or another at different times in our lives. Um, and it doesn't mean give, 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 and let people abuse you. you know, that's a whole other discussion. But just in this essence of like that, that is a tendency we have. And of course, yeah. you shouldn't be taken advantage of. That's a whole. There's so yeah, many aspects course. to it. But um, it is something that I, when I read that, I was like, wow. Because yeah. it, it, like you said, it's so specific. It's so simple. And you're like. And you can't refuse oh, yeah. it. Because you tell somebody about service, like, I don't want to be serving. But then it's like, when you really break it down, most of us find a way. Yeah. If not all of us. I'm going to say massive majority of us are finding a way to serve somebody, like you said. whether mm -hmm. No matter who it is, like, you find something and then it's like, oh, that is our natural tendency. And then mm -hmm. you almost have a little less, also, you feel a little less, like, wall about it. Like, oh, no, I'm not going to do it. It's like, oh, I guess I'm already kind of doing that. And it's like, yeah. okay, so it's not really that different than what I'm already currently doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, con unconsciously so then you start to think about think about it more consciously and you can start to get your life in a more conscious direction which yeah. I think is such an important thing to have that consciousness um, which is what they call it Krishna consciousness it's just that consciousness of a higher self of a yeah. you know a higher um, goal in life like we're calling this the goal no exactly goal I mean life. that's um, that's one of the things Prabhupada he makes it clear in many of his lectures and books you know that I've read or listened to personally that you know, he ne nowhere does he say that you have to, you don't have to leave your religion to be mm -hmm. Krishna conscious. And that's the thing. Krishna 
Krishna is just another name for God. Yeah. And Prabhupada says it is the perfect name for God because Krishna in Sanskrit just means the all-attractive one, mm-hmm. which the idea of God, I mean, how can you be God and not be all-attractive? Yeah. So all that means is, you know, Krishna consciousness just means God consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, many, many times Prabhupada praises and, and reveres Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. Buddha, um, you know, it, it, it's not about, oh, you have to be a Hare Krishna to, you know, it, no. it's, it's a, it's just a scientific, methodical approach to understanding the relationship between you and God, the higher power. And yeah, whatever you want to call and it. And the beautiful thing about, you know, the, the way the teachings he presents, there is nowhere is this, you know, idea, um, oh, if, if you don't make it back this time, you're going to burn in hell for eternity. There's no, yeah. unlike some religions that kind of tend to do that, it, yeah. which I'm not saying they're, they're worshiping the wrong God or anything no, like no, that, no. but I just feel that that is like, it almost you're makes you using, feel hopeless it, sometimes. Well, it does make you feel hopeless. Wrong, like, what, it's kind exactly. of like, well, now and, I'm, you know, screwed. And then or... you're, oh, God, it can yeah. be really hard to operate out of guilt. And I feel like mm-hmm. having a belief system like that tends to make you operate on guilt. Whereas well, the idea that uh, of I mean, of again, that may be a context that's being, something being taken out of context. Because, you know. That's true. Because the, the way it maybe is being portrayed by maybe some translations or some people that are saying certain things. Because I do think that that's something that you talk to people about. And sometimes when someone's like, well, I don't really believe in God, it's partially because they don't want to feel like they're being guilted and oppressed and made to feel like they're wrong for doing normal, everyday things. And so they're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. And it's because that sometimes, you know, you start learning something and when you try to share with people, you do it in an aggressive way or whatever. And maybe coming from a great place. But that's why we're kind of doing this whole explanation and going into this introductory discussion because we want to be very clear that's not the direction that... Prabhupada takes in his books, and it's not the direction that we're trying to take um, in our discussions either. It's yeah. not about this, you must, you have to, you need to no, do. No, it's the... And if you don't, you're going, you know, be eternally damned, or whatever the no, other things are. We don't want to be like that. And I want to be clear, too, because you're saying that from this perspective. Of course, we've all met that guy on the street that's saying that. But yeah. also, it's not like we think all Christians are saying that either. No, not Just at all. Just to make not sure that that's not completely clear. We're not trying to say anything about, like, like you I, said, I mainly, Prabhupada reveres Jesus, too. Speaking... He says great things about all these different <clears throat> spiritual master-type people. So it's not about, like, ours versus theirs or no, theirs no, versus no. ours. It's about all of them together in one uh, pursuit of a higher goal of life. Yeah. Like we're, like we're, no, I mean, I was mainly kind of speaking from personal experience with, yes. you know, family members and friends that I've had over the years that... Yeah, 100%. You, know, you, you run into those Bible people me, that will say and that. And I'm like, yeah, for dude, sure. you know, even if I... And, and the thing is, I have I have read the Bible. Yeah. And I've I've read... I haven't read all of the Quran, but I've read bits and pieces of it. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm I'm interested. I've read um, some of the some of the Chinese books on Taoism, and you know, yeah. I'm curious about those things. But when you sit there and you yeah. and you scripture thump me, yeah, it makes it, it harder. It to shuts take. you off, and right. it's like yeah, it, I I don't I don't believe that that's the way to approach things. And recently at work, I've been having a lot of really awesome discussions with two co-workers of mine, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and I'm familiar enough with Christianity, and they are both Christian, Yeah. but man, we have some of the most awesome discussions on spirituality, and, and the thing is, we all have a mutual respect for each other, we're all open-minded, and we all share, it's not, 
let me tell you how I'm right and you're wrong. It's, right. We're sharing our own experiences and yeah. beliefs, and I've learned a lot from them. And I mean, I really and 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 I I mean, sometimes too when you feel like there's something that maybe they're saying and you're saying that sounds different. Sometimes if you really explore it more. It's just a different way to approach it, different yeah. angle, different perspective. For sure. And so you find you're not like, and, and of course, the reason I'm, I was clarifying that is mainly because when you know people, like you said, you have a relationship with them, you work together, et cetera, mm -hmm. they usually don't necessarily take it that way because they know who you are yeah. and you know who they are. So you guys are able to have that understanding. When someone's listening to us on a podcast, if they don't know us yet, especially no, if this course, is their first podcast ever, I just want to make sure people no, do no, know I, yeah, no, I feel that you. we're definitely not attempting to do that and if we are feeling like that hopefully we'll get better at not because it's definitely not our intention yeah no i i um, want it to be more of a yeah like we said a discussion earlier, with everyone discussion to make people yeah think about things maybe in a different way to make ourselves think about you, things in a different you don't way have and to, to get you don't have to believe you don't have we're not yeah we're not asking anyone to believe what we believe no we're just saying this is what we believe or or, or this uh, is trying, to trying to understand, understand. Yeah. and um We'd like to share it because maybe it might raise some questions that you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, pursuit the, of knowledge. I mean, m many religions. I would, I would say, don't answer. Don't answer some of the questions that I that I see a lot of people having, like at yeah. work with Which is in the hospital. Why they end up turning it down. Either, <clears throat> either do, the religion they, doesn't turn, answer it, or the maybe the teachers of that religion the teacher, that they currently have. Yeah for whatever reason either aren't understanding the question or whatever somehow the answers they're they're needing aren't being given to them yeah. and then that or also they're not given in a way, way that fully satisfies right. their, their right their it's kind of like well just believe or just yeah. have faith or whatever and so that and i understand that that does kind of throw you up because then you're like well but sure but then how is it you know and then you like someone to like me you tell me just have faith yeah i need even, to understand even how if that works. is what i need to do i yes. need to understand for me as a person if you explain how it works yes. and break it down step by step, yes. I can get on board with it. You know, because that's just how I am. I not everyone's like that. Um, no, but definitely not. Um, well, we're, we're approaching a decent, uh, almost a half an hour with this one, and I think we probably started talking circles a little bit. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we're good on this, and we'll then read you know chapter one and possibly two. We'll, we'll do one or two chapters at a time, depending on the length of it, but. We really appreciate you guys being here. Please do leave your comments and thoughts on each episode. Feel free to email us as well. Again, the email will be in the description of the podcast. Um, and, uh, well, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Yep. Have fun.